Hey there, Omaha. Welcome to another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got one for you today that would make just the, the child in me very excited because this is a restaurant that is really just ingrained in the history of the Hoppin' family, I would say. Um, we've got Nick Poulos here. He is the owner of Feta's Greek Restaurant. Nick, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. Uh, so just to provide a little context to that intro there, we have been, the Hoppins have just been a Feta's family for probably 13, 14 years, whatever it is. I mean, my mom was a great cook growing up, but it would, but if there was ever an opportunity where it was like, mom didn't feel like cooking or she didn't have time. And it was kind of like, okay, well, where, where are we going to go for dinner? Where are we going to go for lunch? We somebody would, you know, look around and go, Feta's? And we all just go, yeah, Feta's. That sounds great. Let's go to Feta's. And it's it was just like it's become such a cultural place for us. It's so special. So I guess I just kind of I want to open it up to you. Just like how would you describe Feta's to someone who's who's never been into your restaurant? Sure. We're a Greek-themed uh, restaurant uh, with a little bit of American food. Um, we're a fast, casual type of restaurant, meaning – like a Panera Bread or Chipotle type uh, counter service. And, um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> so you, there are two locations of Feta's. The first yeah. one opened in 2005. Five, yep. So I want to really – your menu offers other things, and, I, and we'll get to those. But I would say definitely the highlight is the gyro. And right. for someone who has eaten a ton of gyros and made even more gyros, like to you – what defines a great gyro? Uh, tzatziki sauce is really important. That's the uh, sour cream, uh, yogurt, cucumber, garlic sauce that goes on the gyro. Um, you know, and how you cook the meat uh, uh, helps, of course. And um, putting it all together makes a great sandwich. Mm-hmm. Now, talk to me about that tzatziki sauce because tzatziki sauce, yeah. this is something that I know home cooks that I've talked to that are very good at cooking really struggle with tzatziki sauce. It's a difficult thing to nail. Like how long did it take you to really develop your recipe for that? Um, I got it from my mom. Uh, my mom comes from Greece. Yes. So a lot of it's uh, homemade uh, recipes from, from the old country. And uh, my dad comes from Greece also, but um, good getting good yogurt is really important. Um, and, uh, just putting the ingredients together and, and uh, trying to keep it fresh, you know, and and uh, is really important, and it, it helps with the taste, of course. Mm-hmm. Now, gyros can be made of all different kinds of meats. They can have pork. You guys offer chicken gyros as well. But correct me if I'm wrong, the majority of gyros in America are like a combination of beef and lamb, right? Yes. Um, in Greece, uh, most of them are pork and lamb. Mm-hmm. Uh, beef's not really popular in Greece, so they do a lot of pork and lamb or just lamb. Um, here in America, to uh, satisfy the American palate, <laughs> uh, it's mostly beef, 80% beef, 20% lamb. And um, it, people seem to like that that uh, mixture here in America. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I love that you you've brought up, you know, your family came from Greece and you talked a little bit about, you know, traditional Greek food. What is it that makes Greek cuisine special in your eyes? Special? Uh, we put everything in it, you know, uh, like heart and soul. Um, 
it's just, it, it takes longer to actual, like, if you're going to cook at home, gyros are kind of like a street food. Yeah. But uh, uh, Greek cooking requires a lot of uh, a time and effort. It's it's not a quick thing. But, um, yeah, that's, that's uh, what I'm thinking. So tell me about some of these other Greek dishes, like the ones that take a long time to cook. Maybe oh, name yeah. one or two of your favorites. You got... Uh, Dalmadas are really popular. Uh-huh. Um, that's uh, ground beef and rice wrapped in uh, grape leaves. There's uh, fricasse, which you guys, I mean, the, the words sound difficult, but it, it's more like a, a pork and um, romaine lettuce that's been cooked, believe it or not, uh-huh. in a yellow, yellow lemon sauce that's just excellent. Um, we don't offer those at Feta's, but... Uh, I grew up eating that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. What do you think is the most misunderstood thing about Greek food here in America? Misunderstood? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I'd have to say people think they'll come into Feta's and their friend will say, like, oh, you got to try this gyro. You gotta, and they're like, no, no, I tried one last year. I didn't like it. And I want to say, did you eat pizza at Zio's and then you went to Pizza Hut and you thought it was the same as Zio's? <laughs> yeah. But people, they're just not as familiar as like with pizza or or Chinese maybe. Mm-hmm. So they think once they've had a gyro, it's the same everywhere, which isn't true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think most people, they really associate like the gyro and Greek cuisine and that's just like the through line. And I think when most when most Americans, I should say, when they think of Greek food, gyro is the first thing they go to. Yeah, that's true. Is do you like h- how do you view that thought? Like, is that is that okay with you, or does that kind of rub you the wrong way? Where it's like, well, yeah, we have that, but we have all this other great food that you guys are missing out on too. No, it doesn't really rub me off um, because people once a lot of people try to open up their palate after a while and maybe try something different but um no it's fine uh i understand i go i go to a lot of the same restaurants and i order the (laughs) same thing because i like it Uh so but um yeah it works yeah what uh if people did want to branch out and try different dishes which ones would you recommend at feta's okay we have uh souvlaki which is um it's it's a really good um popular greek meal um it's we have a uh Chicken souvlaki, which is chicken kebabs on like a stick, like a kebab. Mm-hmm. And then we have lamb kebabs and we have shrimp kebabs. And kebab in Greek, I mean, kebab in Greek, yes, is souvlaki. Mm-hmm. So those are really popular in Greece also. And we carry those at the restaurant. I've got to ask you one question yeah. that, um, like, like I said, Fedas has been so important to my family. So I, I, actually had dinner with them last night and I was like, Hey, I'm having Nick on the podcast. Like, is there anything I need to, I I need to ask him? Like, what do you guys want to know? And my sister, she, she loves traveling. And she said, if like, if you go to Greece, what, like, where do you need to go? What do you need to do? So give my sister faith, shout out to faith. It's her birthday week, by the way, a couple tips on just what makes Greece so magical and why, why people need to get there. Right. First, you got to start out in the capital, Athens. There's the Parthenon. Mm-hmm. That's just that's a must see. It's beautiful. 
Um, and then I would suggest going to any of the islands. There's so many islands. I can't remember, like 500 islands. Uh-huh. But uh, my favorite is Santorini. You always see it in, uh, I don't know, a magazine or calendars even. It, it's it's uh, the white and blue domed uh, churches uh-huh. uh, with a backdrop against the, uh, the sea or ocean. And it's just, it's beautiful. Santorini is like, if you could think of heaven, that's what I always think of. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just unbelievable. So you mentioned euros are like a more of a street mm-hmm. food in, in Greece. So are there just like euro stands all over the place and people are just grabbing them and going? There is stands, and then there's a lot of places with restaurants. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's more of like a, a hot dog, hamburger. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's that's really cool. Yeah. I'm I'm quite jealous of that as someone who loves euros. We could have more euro stands yeah, here in America. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, now Greek cuisine really kind of you know runs through your blood. I would say, yeah, like you does. mentioned, your parents came from Greece, and mm-hmm. they they originally owned uh, Katie's Greek on 40th and Dodge before you purchased it and made it into the second location of Feta's. Right. Did you grow up working in the kitchen there? Or was yes. that almost like a home away from home? Definitely. Well, first we opened in Council Bluffs when I was uh, 13 years old in 1980. We opened in uh, an old mall in uh, Council Bluffs, um, and we had that one until about 1992. Mm-hmm. And then we opened the one on 40th and Dodge in 1987. Mm-hmm. So uh, for a while there, we were running Council Bluffs and, and the Katie's off of 40th and Dodge. So I grew up in in Council Bluffs, and then as I got to be about 18, 19 years old, I came over to the Omaha store. So yeah, I've been, uh, this is the only job I've ever had, so this is all I know how to do. What was that like growing up, just being with your family all the time? It's hard. um, It's hard to work with your siblings. There were siblings involved too, and then mom and dad. Um... It's got its good points, of course, but um, uh, it's hard to work with with family. But it, it would all turn out all right. Uh huh. Yeah. What What was maybe the most important thing you learned growing up in the restaurant? Work and work and more work. <laughs> but uh, no, good business sense too. Um, uh, my parents taught me uh, a lot about the business and and you know, how to uh, control your money and, and take care of business and, you know, just be level-headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When, when you say work, is, is that just the long hours, just the way the it long, never ends? The long hours, yeah. Um, my dad would, was open seven days a week. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> we worked all the time. I think we were only closed Thanksgiving and Christmas, two days out of the year. So we worked. But uh, – after I took over, after a while, I made sure I closed at least one day a week, Sundays, and I uh-huh. still do that. Uh-huh. But yeah, just just the long hours, and uh, but it, you know we have a kind of a family formula of how to make a restaurant work, mm-hmm. and work and being there is is I think the number one priority, and it just seems to take care of itself. Can can you give people who aren't a part of the industry or aren't familiar with what that what those hours look like. Can you kind of sure just talk about, yeah. you know, what that lifestyle is like? Um, I, you, when we, when I first started out when I was younger, 
uh, definitely we would get there like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, which I still do now. And we would be there till we used to close at nine o'clock until oh 9 p.m. Yeah, we were there all day. Um, but not seven days a week, but we would probably put in 60, 70 hours a week, definitely. Now that I'm older, I'm trying to step away a little bit, but um, still putting in long hours. Uh-huh. But it's enjoyable, right? It is. I mean, people ask me that. I guess if I didn't like it, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's good. It's good. I always find it interesting, you know, to talk to people who just from the varying culinary backgrounds where there are those who, you know, go to culinary school, get classical training or whatever. And then there are those that just grow up in restaurants and then they learn the business from doing. And you're obviously a part of that latter group. Do you, I mean, to you, what is the value of just learning by growing up actually in a restaurant versus, you know, going to culinary school, getting all the formal training. But then when you come into a restaurant the first time you're green. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I see, since I've been doing this all my life, I see, like what you said, people go to chef school, mm-hmm. and they come out and they fail. I mean, I guess growing up into it, like I said, from an early age, you understand the money, mm-hmm. you understand the employees, um, you just kind of get that backdoor experience that, you know, you couldn't, you went to high school, then you decided to go to chef school, you might have worked at a restaurant, but but it, being involved, you know, with your family, you see all kinds of uh, experience. You, you feel, you see all kinds of experiences. So I think it helps. I think it helps a lot. But then at the same time, when you go to chef school, I think you you have a you can your roads are more open. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can probably do more, but. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, hard to say which one's the right way. I think yeah, that there might be a little bit of a mix of both too. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's if you get some experience working in a restaurant, then maybe you catch the cooking bug or something, and then you go to culinary school. Obviously, as you've shown, you can have a very successful career without mm-hmm. stepping into school. one class That's of right. culinary school. So right. there's you know there there are different ways to to get to the to the end result. Definitely. That's right. Um, was there ever any part of you that was just like, I don't want to be in the restaurant industry anymore? Like, cause you said, this is what you've done your whole life. This yeah. is, this has been your, your life, your career. Right. Was there ever a part of you that was like, man, I wonder what, you know, life might look like through door B or do you just, yeah, are you just thought, so ingrained in it? No, I've thought of that many times, but, uh, I guess you just go with your gut feeling and, and what your heart tells you and. I'm still here, so yeah, so it must have worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Did you always have a love for food? Um, I wouldn't call it a love for food. Um, I think I just like being around the family business. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe since my dad never had a lot of time off, you know, your dad takes you to the soccer game, he takes you to bas- basketball practice, baseball practice, whatever. My dad never really had time for that, so... I guess both parents that made me want to spend time with them. I'd have to be at the restaurant, so so I I think that it just, it just kind of worked out that way. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what do you remember 
about the first day of opening Feta's in 2005. Because it's one thing to work, you know, with your parents in an established mm-hmm. restaurant and everything. It's another to open oh, your right. own, and all of a sudden, you're the one that everyone's answering to. Oh, what do you remember right. about that? It was very scary. I had three young kids at that time. Uh, they were like seven, four, and two. So I was like, boy... I got to make sure I make it. I mean, because how am I going to feed the family? So there was a lot on the line. It was, uh, but we made it work. And, and uh, we just, uh, I think getting back to that, just killing yourself at the work, it, it just, it kind of works hand in hand where it, it can make you successful. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Omaha had some Greek restaurants at that mm-hmm. point um, and some, some very well-known ones. But it, I would say that, the Greek scene has definitely grown since then. What was the reception when Feta's first opened, especially in that area of town, kind of like a, a business type of area? Right. Were, were people, did they dive in right away, or were they kind of like, they, what's a euro? No, they did. Um, when I opened in 2005, there really wasn't much out west Omaha. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of knew, I don't want to say like, I knew what it was going on. I, I felt confident there was going to be business because there was no gyros. But, um, yeah, everyone was really receptive. It, it took off right away. Um, uh, but since then, there's there's so many places now. Um, probably when I opened in 2005, I want to say maybe there was five gyro places. Mm-hmm. There's probably 15 now. Yeah. Maybe Arabic, uh, Turkish, you know, um, Lebanese. But uh, it, it's all good. Sometimes they say competition makes you uh, tougher or better. Or, so, yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's interesting, but uh, we're still going. Well, I think Fed has definitely played a role in a lot of those places opening because you were an introduction, I think, for a lot of Omahans to Greek cuisine. And, I mean, once, once you have a bite of one of those euros, it's just like, okay, yeah. this is really good. I want to have more of these in my life. So yeah. congratulations on that. Thank you. As you prepared to open for the first time, how did you decide on that fast, casual format? Because a lot of Omaha's Greek restaurants are more of a sit-down affair, where Feta's is more of you can sit down or you can grab it and go. You can go, you know, for a quick lunch at work or something like that. How did you decide on the fast casual format? Well, growing up in the Acadies, we were, we were full service and, and uh, bar. We had a bar too. Um, so when I went off on my own, um, I saw like kind of the new wave, you know, for, for restaurants, uh, uh, being fast casual and, and, um, you just save a lot of money doing it this way because you don't have a host, you don't have a dishwasher. Well, you do have kind of a dishwasher, but uh, you won't have to have like a bartender. You won't have to have three, four people on the floor as waiters. So you really uh, you cut back your staff, um, which you know helps you save money. But um, I just kind of wanted to be more of a modern type of feel and and the fast casual kind of fit for us. Was there any hesitation on your part and that that was such a departure from what you were used to that, you know, I, I'm sure you thought it was going to work, but was there any hesitation of just like, man, you know, can I take this sit down experience and speed it up? Not really. Actually, I knew it would it would be good. And not to say that the, the sit down doesn't work still. Certainly. Yeah. But, but it seems like um, it's that's getting harder and harder to do as a segment. But um. No, I really didn't have any hesitation. 
what went into your decision to open a second location of Feta's? Because I know that's like a that's a big stepping stone for a lot of restaurant mm-hmm. owners. It's one thing to have one, but once you have two, you know you right. can't be in both restaurants at once. Like it's a right. big responsibility. What went into that decision? Well, my mom passed away, and uh, the family location at Fortieth and Dodge. Um, as a family, they we or they decided. Uh, that they really didn't want to do it anymore. And um, we were going to sell the property originally, and, and my dad said, why not just put a FedEx down there and you can buy us out? And that's how it kind of works. So I thought, at first I was I was like, no, I really don't want to do that because, you know, maybe other parts of the family will get mad. But um, it all worked out in the end, and uh, I'm glad we did it because uh, – uh, that's we own that property down there and uh, 114th and Dodge where we're at we rent out there which is okay mm-hmm. but it's always better to buy in the long run I think yeah. <laughs> yeah what are the difficulties of managing multiple restaurants at the same time help is definitely um my wife runs 114th and Dodge uh-huh. and I kind of went I went back down to the family location at 40th and Dodge usually I was at 114th and Dodge all the time so, yeah, just help. Um, but I've had some good employees. Uh, some have been with me for 10 to 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Um, we really don't have a lot of turnover, and um, I'm not bragging, but that's good um, because I could only imagine every week or two having three, four new people. I mm-hmm. think I would go crazy. So I try to treat my employees good, and, and uh, hopefully it, show, it has shown. Yeah, I was going to say the restaurant industry is famous for its high turnover rates. What What is it about FETAs that allows you to just engender that type of loyalty? Well, I, I don't really pay them a ton. I mean, you could say, <laughs> you know, you could say, God, I give them double the salary they'd be making at another restaurant. No, that's not really the case. But uh, I try everyone to feel like family and um I just try to make them feel really comfortable and, and I try to be fair with people. And I think that goes a long ways. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned earlier, there's probably 15 or 20 different either Greek restaurants or restaurants in Omaha where someone can get a Euro if they want one. What sets FETAs apart in your mind? Oh boy. (laughs) I guess we know what we're doing. We've been doing it for since 1980. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I think that goes a long ways. Yeah. I mean, uh, and and we've had restaurants that long, so we've never failed. Um, and we just try to do things right. We try to make our, our food fresh daily um, and put a lot of heart and soul in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things, I, I just have to give a plug here for Fedas yeah. because I, I have to give some love for this. The portion sizes are incredible. A euro costs like... 10 or $11 or something like that at Feta's, and it comes with the side. But you're presented with this, this delightful pita. It is like as large as the plate that it's sitting on. And then there's just this mound of meat. Like if you want to actually pick up the gyro and not knife and fork it, if you want to pick it up like a sandwich, you basically have to scrape like a ton of meat off of it onto your plate. So then you have like, you have a gyro, and then you have like a side of gyro meat to go along with it. And it is just... That is something that I've always appreciated. I mentioned, you know, we've been going to Feta's forever, and that has been so consistent. And not only the flavor, not only the quality is excellent, but the quantity is there, too, at a time when, 
so many people are looking, you know, for for bang for their buck when it comes to food. I mean, feta's is right up there. So yeah, I just I, I wanted that's not a question. I don't no, have anything okay, for just you to comment. Thank not you. anything thing for you we to respond that. to, but yeah, Thanks. I I think it's it's worth calling out because that's that's something that I have not seen at uh, at other establishments. Um, yeah, thank you. Just got a couple more questions for okay. you before I get you out of here, and these are things that I love to ask really any chef or restaurateur, just for my own knowledge, for the knowledge of the listeners, for people who aren't in the restaurant industry. I think it's fun to get these answers. What is the number one thing about the restaurant industry that you wish more people understood? I kind of wish people were required to work in a restaurant for like a month uh huh, just to get an understanding of what we have to go through, you know, because a lot of people complain, Oh, this was wrong or, you know, this didn't taste right. You know, seems like, they don't have a lot of leeway and, and a lot of people now get on the computer and write reviews mm-hmm. right away. It, it just, yeah, I wish people were a little more sympathetic, but. So like, what would, the, if they worked in a restaurant for a month, what would they learn that they don't know now? They would learn, you know, everything can't be, you know, hundred percent perfect. Everybody's human. Right. I mean, we strive for that. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and that, you know, it's just not a, a, it's just some things aren't possible. Like they they perceive it, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and if they had to do the work or they had to run their butt off, you know, back and forth, they wouldn't get a better understanding, I think. Yeah. Well, I think people don't understand even what you said earlier that, you know, your establishment is open for lunch and dinner, but you're getting there at seven 30 in the morning. You might not leave until 10 o'clock. Like, And that's six days a week. And then even on Sunday, we're doing restaurants. Yeah, that, yeah. that's not, not really, every Sunday. That's not really a day off because no. you're having to make purchases. You're having to, you know, formulate schedules. You've got right, all right, kinds yeah, of stuff yeah. going on. So I think that's just a major thing that people need to, you know, understand and probably give a little more consideration to before they go home and hop on Yelp. Yes. <laughs> and start do. firing off. So we'll we'll transition from the negative and end on a positive note here. What is your favorite thing about working in the restaurant industry? Probably the the friendships you develop with people over the years, and and you get to know them, and and they're loyal, and uh, that's what I really enjoy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I've uh, I've taken enough of your time, Nick, but I thank you so much for coming on the podcast. This was a lot of fun. Just a nostalgic ride for me, but also just a fun time to talk about euros and Greek food. How how can you go wrong with that? So thank you. Thank you. And as always, Omaha, thanks for eating with us. 